you know, the phone's not going to ring. And I think it's critically important to stay with the leads that you get and at least touch, try to touch them at some point in time, whether it's through phone calls or emails, because they will convert folks if they realize suddenly you're not a bot responding. That's what worked for me. Um, I stuck with it. I can definitely do, and I've been successful with it. I can do a much better job with my ads and my videos um, than I do, to be perfectly honest. So um, if you're doing the, what your ad manager is telling you, then then just work it, treat it like a business, get up. I do it early in the morning, get it done, move on, do what else I need to do for the day. But um, follow up with these folks, it will work. I mean, whenever I get a call from somebody who's thinking about platform, you know, I'm happy to talk to folks because it, it honestly does work. And I've been down the road with others, Zillow and Commissions Inc. and others. Nothing works like this in my mind. This is the Platform Marketing Show, where we interview the most creative and ambitious real estate agents in the country, dissect their local marketing strategy, and get the behind the scenes scoop on how they're generating listing leads and warm referrals. We'll dive into the specifics of what marketing campaigns are working for them, how much they're spending on those campaigns, and figure out how they have perfected what we call the platform marketing strategy. This is your host, Tim Shermack. I'm the founder and CEO of Platform. I love marketing and I talk too much. So let's dive in. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Platform Marketing Show. My name is Tim Shermack. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Platform Marketing, and I'm here this morning with Karen Bataille, who was courteous enough to wake up early. We're actually recording this at 7.30 a.m. her time this morning, because that's when she could fit us into her schedule, because now, uh, you know, four and a half years later, uh, Karen's business has about quadrupled, I think it's actually more than quadrupled since since she started platform. So we had to find this early morning spot when she could uh, make time to do this episode. So Karen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tim. Happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So Karen, you, you joined, you joined platform in May of 2017, which sounds like so long ago, right? Doesn't like 2017 just feel like an eternity ago? Yes, it does. (laughs) I mean, you know, ever since COVID and the lockdowns and all that stuff, even even just thinking back to like, you know, mid 2019 or something feels like that was five years ago. And then you think mm-hmm. of 2017 and it's like, wow. So you've you've been in the platform, you know, really four, four and a half years right, now, basically. Right, yeah, that's that's incredible. So you have you have a really cool story. So uh, Karen's GCI, let's just get right down to the numbers here. Karen's GCI before implementing this uh, this platform strategy was in the sixty to seventy thousand dollar a year range. Is that right? Yeah, that's about right. You had you had kind of been an agent for about five years, but you know for the first several years you were more part time, and then you had gone full time as an agent. Um, you know for a year or two before platform, and at that point you had built things up to you know, being around sixty sixty seventy thousand dollars. Uh, a year, but you haven't been, you know, a real estate agent your entire life. So what were you doing before real estate, Karen? Yeah. So um, I worked at the conservation department here in Missouri. So I was in fisheries and wildlife and we were doing um, 
research basically on waterfowl. And then I moved over into fisheries and we uh, worked on um, fish kills and contaminants. And I had all kinds of things going on. I was a supervisor at that point in time. So I spent 23 years there and retired in 2016. Um, but leading up to that point, um, you know, I tried to get a promotion a time or two and it failed. And I guess that was a blessing because I, I decided I would go ahead and get ready to retire. So five years out from retirement, I went ahead and got my real estate license. And um, you're like, because this is easy. This is a super flexible job that will always leave me. That, and that was perfect. pretty true. Yeah, this <laughs> is a, a perfect retirement job. Plus, I yeah. had a built in lead source. Right. You know, all the people I worked with at conservation. Sure, sure. So. Um, so for five years, I basically learned how to do the business, had a great coach and my broker and, uh, learned how to do the business and retired in 2016 and started going full time at that point. Cause I'm not really ready to quit working. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready to slow down, but it turned out to be a great decision on my point. I'm way further ahead than I would have been if I stayed on board. I mean, I love my work. I got to do really wonderful things and travel to the Arctic and work on birds up there and do really cool stuff. But um, in fact, you know, I worked in your hometown there. And uh, yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? I remember you, you yeah. uh, told us, wait, wait, Wilmer, that's familiar. I used to work in Wilmer. I was like, no way. Cause yeah, I'm from this yeah. like tiny yeah. town in central Minnesota. That's nowhere near Minneapolis or the twin cities. It's in like the middle of Minnesota, a small farm town. And Karen's like, Oh, I used to work there back when I was with fish and wildlife. Yeah, I was there's like, a lot of waterfowl what? breeding in that part of the world. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so I spent a couple of summers, long summers up there uh, working, but um, anyhow, so but, it was a wonderful career. I mean, very rewarding, great opportunities to do really cool things. But it was time for me to move over. So I mean, I think I really made a great choice going into real estate, to be honest. And I've been doing it for eleven years. And you know, when most people when most people think of their like retirement job, you know, they're thinking of something that's going to be easier, and they probably accept that it might pay a little bit less. But they're just looking for something to bring in a little bit of money, more or less, to give them something to do, yeah. right? Because I think a lot of people when they look at retirement now, and maybe it's a generational change, but I feel like even the concept these days of retirement just feels a little bit outdated because most people don't want to, you know, work their entire life in some sort of engaging job. And then at age 60 or 65 or whatever, just quit and then be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, play golf every day and watch Netflix. And this is what I'll do the last 30 years of my life. You know, like right. I think most people want more than that when they're when they're retiring. So it's just interesting because I've I've seen that from more and more, uh, more and more people, my parents included. You know, I don't think a lot of people want to just do nothing when they stop what their normal job was. But for you, this took an interesting turn. Because <laughs> it, 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 it sounds yeah. like when, when, when you became a real estate agent, you know, and you started dabbling, doing it part time, it sounds like you were thinking, oh, cool, this is more of a flexible job. It's not necessarily, you know, nine to five. And of course, real estate agents, I'm kind of saying that tongue in cheek because I know that often you work a hell of a lot longer than nine to five and on weekends, you don't get holidays and all that. So, um, but the point is it's a little more flexible. You don't have a boss telling you you have to come into the office during, you know, certain hours. And so you're kind of thinking that, 
hey, this is an ideal job for retirement. I can kind of kick back, relax, still make maybe a little bit of money, you know, just to pay the bills. And then your career just evolved into something far greater than that, where, you know, when you when you got started, you know, pre pre platform, like I said, you were doing about sixty to seventy thousand in GCI, which is a pretty solid income because you're in uh, Columbia, Missouri, Como, right. as right. as you uh, as you call it, and so it's not a big, super expensive city to live in. I mean, that's where Mizzou is, right? The University yeah, of Missouri. Yeah, that's where the home campus is in Columbia. Yep. yep. So it's a it's a college town, amazing place to live, great quality of life, but it's not super duper expensive. So even making, you know, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, you can have a very nice life in Columbia, Missouri, making seventy thousand dollars a year. But now you're at the point where your business has scaled to where you're gonna finish this year, you you mentioned with you know, pretty dang close to 300,000 in GCI. I think you said last year you were at like 275. Right, in, right. Last year was 275. I'm going to be pretty about that this year. And I have yes. um, 1.5 million in the pipeline for 2022 already. That'll be closing the first quarter. Wow. That's, so, that's, in, that's incredible. So basically your business has quadrupled since you started this platform strategy, which I suppose spoiled your retirement because now you don't have all that that free time maybe you thought you would have to ride to ride your bike around the country. But when we were talking <laughs> before we started recording, one thing you said to me totally shocked me is that you're like, hey, you know, I was, you know, in a full-time career before this with Fish and Wildlife, eventually, you know, got into real estate and did that for a couple of years and then eventually discovered platform. And I think you just saw one of our Facebook ads, right? Like it wasn't a referral or anything. You just clicked Actually, on one of our ads. Yeah, it wasn't even that, Tim. You made a comment on the lab code agent page, believe it or not. Oh, okay. You okay. made a comment on there and it intrigued me. And I don't know, remember if you had a link on there or what. And so I just followed it and then watched the okay. uh, documentary and okay. reached out. And then Tim Shermack, the owner of the company, calls me up about his book. <laughs> So you used on me what you we are supposed to use our books for, yeah, folks. Yep. And man, I was just so impressed. The owner called me, but you know, it just made a lot of sense. The whole hang high hanging fruit strategy made a lot of sense to me. You know, to cultivate folks and follow. You know, just keep in touch and cultivate that market. And so um, I wasn't a hard sell. You know, I was willing to jump on. And I guess the uh, really the cherry on the on the Sunday was the one realtor per market um, concept was very um, intriguing. And that was, you know, what really made me pull the trigger because I've done other things. I've spent a lot of money over the years on other approaches. Sure. But nobody ever offered exclusivity to my market. And that was huge for me. It's still, it's still so shocking to me that that's the norm in the real estate industry, because obviously most people probably listening to this know that, you know, as part of the platform marketing program, we only work with one realtor per per market area. And we would define a market area pretty generously, you know, so Karen's in Columbia, Missouri. She doesn't just get one zip code there or one neighborhood or one area of Columbia. It's like you get all of Columbia. I'm not sure what your market specifically looks like, but it's like Columbia plus a 10 mile radius around it or 15 miles or whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, because I, our, our towns are separated, you know, they don't run into the other one doesn't run into the other. And so, yeah, I'm out about yeah, probably right. 15 miles or so from and so, Columbia. Part of that, you know, part of the, the you know, the, the magic of platform is that exclusivity and that we, we will only ever work with you. But it's just shocking to me that like that makes us unique because you would think other marketing companies would realize, hey, you can get your clients a lot better results if you only work with them because like you and I both know your ads would not work nearly as well if there were five other agents in Columbia running identical ads. Like that's part of what makes our strategy work so well a platform is that you are the only agent there, um, you know, uh, making the videos and using the scripts we share with you and running, you know, these ads on Instagram, Facebook, you know, your, your videos are on YouTube, et cetera. It's, it's exclusive. So we, we hear that often and it still just surprises me every time. Like, I can't believe that that's still unique. Like you would think everyone would be doing that, but, uh, apparently not. No, so, nobody does really. I mean, there's agents in this town that approach my lender partner Oh, sure. And ask him, how can we get in the platform? He kind of chuckles and says, you can't. And Karen's not giving it up anytime soon. <laughs> so I kind of yeah, like and that. We've, we've, uh, we've uh, heard that from, we've heard that from lots of people. So, uh, well, cool. Karen, your, your business has obviously grown. It's like quadrupled. And I think you're one of those stories where a lot of people, even in the platform, probably don't realize how successful you are because you don't, you know, outwardly brag about anything or you're not super flashy or whatever but it's like you're you're one of those agents where you know quietly over the years your business has quadrupled like your gci has quadrupled and one thing you said before we started recording this morning you was you know it was like yeah you know i'm doing you know 275 probably in gci this year and i was able to hit that last year so you know that that's sustainable it's not just like a hey i did this once and it's pure luck and i'm gonna regress to the mean or something like you you now are kind of maintaining that which is incredible for someone in retirement, you know, to increase their income that much. Cause I'm guessing fish and wildlife wasn't paying you 275. Maybe. I'm uh, wrong, yeah, but. no. <laughs> yeah. I basically quadrupled my income after I retired. Yeah. So yeah. So know. that's, that's, that, that's fantastic that you retire and then your income quadruples. So right. that's amazing. And I have but, a pension check. So yeah. Know, yeah. In. So it's like, you know, icing on the cake, but you would, you had said that in doing all this, it's not like you're hustling 80, 90 hours a week to build this business. Like you still kind of are honoring the idea of retirement and work-life balance and that, you know, often you're only working four days a week or five days a week. Like you're not slaving away seven days a week with no weekends or anything. Like you still have a life and yet your business has quadrupled. And that's something we very often hear from platform realtors is like, hey, yeah, the the money helps and platform helped grow my business. But what's really cool is that the way that it did that allowed me to still have a life. So what does that look like for you? If you're often only working four or five days a week, what does a typical week look like? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because what led me into all that was I was burning the candle at both ends, you know, and I let too many, I let it, I let too many people in at odd hours, you know, answering sure. phones for, of course, active clients, something important. Uh, anytime I'll take calls, but um, I've sort of learned that, you know, I need to really, I am getting older, I am retired and I do want to enjoy life while I can. And so what it looks like now is, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays are my primary days 
of work and um okay tuesdays and thursdays i try to get out um with some old friends of mine from conservation and i play some golf or i ride my motorcycle and then weekends i try to leave one day on the weekend for myself if i can so i learned to put boundaries on my time a little bit more you know and it's not that sure. i don't ever i i do some i try to get some work done either before i go play golf or after i play golf um so they i just keep up with my follow-up that i need to do with uh, potential clients, but, um, I really put some boundaries on it. And so like when I set closings or inspections, I try to keep, I try to keep those days, um, available for me. So yeah, I can and do something else. Uh, like, obviously there's always going to be exceptions. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people misconstrue about, you know, time management or work-life balance, or when you, when you hear these people who have like incredible, work-life balance like someone might hear like holy crap you're making two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars a year and you only work four days a week how do you do that it's like well you know you mentioned i try to time block tuesdays and thursdays for more of my personal life enjoyment things and so people immediately hear that and they think wow karen never works tuesdays or thursdays it's like well no that's not true i'm I'm sure you're taking appointments you're obviously still checking your email if something comes up you do have to address it yes you know so it's it's not like it's like oh my phone's on airplane mode and i just go off the grid every tuesday and thursday it's more like you're you're carving it into your schedule that all things being equal ceteris paribus you know i'm going to try to take these couple days every week and have a little fun and not go out of my way to schedule you know, schedule showings or listing appointments or things like that on these days. So assuming there's no fires, you almost treat those days. It sounds like for you, Tuesdays and Thursdays as kind of like a mini weekend. You're probably still doing some work, but it's more like, you know, 80% of that day hopefully isn't, isn't spent working. And, And I think that's the takeaway that I think, you know, many realtors, especially once you get successful, like, Many realtors need to realize it's never going to be perfect. It's not like, hey, if I'm going to time block Monday to work on some big project that I'll just have zero distractions, you know, or it's even like for those of us who have tried to lose weight, right? Like people, if you're on a diet and you're trying to either lose weight or gain muscle or whatever, it's not that you're going to have perfect days of eating or exercising for 100 days in a row, right, without any slip ups or cheap meals or whatever. It's more that, hey, you're hoping that 80 to 90 percent of the time that you do it right so that the other times when you screw up, it's weighed out by the fact that 80 to 90% of the time you stuck with the plan. And I think that's the key to work-life balance is knowing that, yeah, it might be a Tuesday and you were planning to go golfing, but, you know, whatever, a crazy phone call comes in and you have to address something like, yeah, you can do that, but at least then you can still enjoy your day of golf knowing that the world isn't crumbling around you. Right, You know. right. Yeah, and it's so, worked I mean, out pretty well. I mean, it's, I will admit, I mean, sometimes it does give me a crunch, you know, <laughs> but that's okay. I still get out. I'm getting some exercise and some fresh air because um, if I didn't do that, I'd be pinned behind my computer constantly. So I'm doing it for me and for my health too, you know, to try to, to get out yeah. and move around and stuff. So, Well, you know, I think it's really inspiring. And I should say that it is inspiring to hear someone is dedicated to you know, working more like four days a week and yet you're still bringing in $275,000 a year. Like that's, that's incredible. I think it goes to show what you can do if you kind of like plan your lifestyle ahead of time 
versus just like I will take any appointment that comes in at any time for any reason because I just so desperately, desperately need money. Right. So that's that's really, really cool. I mean, like if you if you think about it, you could probably scale your income even more if you are willing to work six days a week like most realtors are. But the cool thing is you have made the conscious decision like, well, I don't really want that. Like, right. you know, yeah, may, may, maybe I could make three hundred, three hundred fifty thousand dollars $350,000 a year in GCI. But if I had to work six days a week or some days, you know, or, you know, some weeks, even seven days a week, like that's, that's, that's not really worth it to me because at the end of the day, if you don't have time, what do you have? I mean, if all the money is stacking up in your checking account, but you don't have any time to enjoy it, like what's, What's the point? So you mentioned that you ride motorcycle. Right. That's A, that's badass. <laughs> B, um, what are some of the cool trips that you've gone on across the country? Oh, man, you know, one of the coolest ones is just this year. Um, I took off with a friend of mine from Columbia, and we rode up to, uh, from Columbia up to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and met up with some okay, Michigan. UP, I belong yep. to a group called yep. Motor Maids, and it's the uh, oldest women's motorcycle uh, club in the country it was formed in 1942 and one of the original founders is still alive she just quit riding a couple of years ago so anyhow um we met up with motor maids up there in upper peninsula of michigan and toured around the up and then came on back down the west coast of uh, michigan back into columbia so we rode about 2300 miles in six days no eight wow. days sorry eight days and, and it I, was I, it was wonderful i mean i just cut I just cut this uh, umbilical cord to real estate and um, a friend of mine who I work pretty closely with here covered me while I was gone. And that was an epic trip. Um, I've ridden a Sturgis as well. Okay. You know, and then last year in Utah, I was out on my adventure motorcycle and managed to crash it off of a, a ledge <laughs> and somehow survived. I saw that. Got bad. Yeah, things I mean, up, beat up pretty good, but... I I saw the the aftermath. You shared pictures of what the bike looked like. And you basically rode the bike over an effing cliff. Yes. And the bike <laughs> just, did. I mean, it, it literally is like a cliff. I'm not exaggerating. You rode your bike over a rocky cliff. Yeah. And I'm looking at the pictures. I'm like, okay, if if I didn't know that Karen was the one sharing these pictures of her bike, I would assume whoever drove that bike over that cliff is 100% dead. <laughs> like, there's no way that you would have survived that. So I'm looking at like, holy crap, that's incredible that that you're alive and yet you kept, you kept riding. And so it's, it's just so cool that, you know, in this like retirement career, and I'm saying that with like air, air quotes for those who can't see the interview, cause I know that you're listening to this on a podcast, right. But in retirement that you're now, you know, making quadruple the money you had made in your regular career, you're traveling the country on your motorcycle. Even when you're back in Columbia, you're often working four days a week. I mean, Congratulations. Like that is, that is really, that's really cool. I know that even for platform masterminds, a couple of the times when we do our annual, you know, client mastermind events, you've rode your motorcycle to the actual event. Yeah. Yeah. San Antonio was an epic trip too. I went by myself and rode down to our San Antonio mastermind for that trip. And that was cool. So Karen, what have been uh, what have been some of the most successful, you know, ads or videos that you've done to get to uh, to uh, get your GCI and get your business to this point? Because obviously, like we can talk 
you know, we could probably talk for another hour just about the the uh, results of everything of this incredible life you have and traveling the country and work life balance. But let's get into how you actually got there and the mechanics of how you grew your business from, you know, 60 grand a year to now very near 300 because obviously it didn't start incredible. I mean, how how long did platform actually take to start working for you in the sense that you felt like, okay, I've a hundred percent made the right decision. Cause yeah, often you know, I ask this question, it did yeah, like often while. I ask this question on podcasts and I've heard answers anywhere from 90 days to 18 months yeah. is when I really knew that it was working. So for you, what did that timeline look like of when you felt good about the decision? Yeah. You know, um, I started in May of 17 and that whole first year I ended up probably in the red in terms of what I invested and what my ROI was. Um, I was also uh, working with Commission Zinc at the same time. So I had two sources of income. I had a pretty good year that year, but, you know, platform wasn't killing it for me, you know. And that was um, in, you You signed up in May of 2017. Right, right. So I want, I want everyone to hear that. Like, I'm not going to, like, et- edit that out of the podcast. I want to focus on that, that your first uh your first seven months let's call it like the the remaining seven months of 2017 you know because you signed up in may right Right. you were negative like you did not get enough closings in 2017 technically to even cover your cost of the platform strategy and paying for the ads and all that so i want to draw attention to that because look at karen you know several years later and her business has quadrupled you know, to 275,000 in GCI. And that's while working four days a week, but her first seven months at least, or, or was it a full year? It was, it was almost a full year. You know, I mean, okay, what so, I struggled with was how to deal with all the leads coming in. Yeah. But you I mean, know, I, really I want to draw attention to that, that to you do. were, yeah, you were losing money. And yet for, for, for some reason you stuck with it. Uh, even, even while you were also running ads with sync. Yeah, you know, I talked to you and we talked about it and you talked me off the edge in terms of you were like, listen, just let it go, you know, go all in with platform and it's going to work for you. And yeah, so I, I followed I, your advice and, and moved on and got rid of, and dropped commissioning. Part of that was, I mean, I was putting, I mean, commissions Inc. wasn't cheap either. So I was probably investing $3,500 a month. And so, which is, which is, a lot which of is money. a large, yeah, that's yeah, a, that's for a somebody large not monthly, making a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that was probably more than half of what was coming into your business every month was going out just in terms of pretty marketing expenses. Cause you had both, yeah, you had both platform and, and commissions Inc. So it took, let's say a year, like a full year before you really deep down could honestly look at the results you were getting from platform and like be happy about it, <laughs> you know, like actually yeah. feel like, okay, I made the right decision. What like my, my question is when it takes that long, because I know that there's people listening to this podcast right now that are in that year, like they are living that year in, in, in their life. They're in that zone where it's like, Hey, I've been investing in this for whatever, six months or eight months or nine months. And I'm just not seeing all the closings that I see from these success stories. Like I'm getting leads or I'm getting clicks or I see some activity, right? But I'm it's not translating into closings yet. For right. you, Karen, what what was it during that first 12 months that made you stick with it and not just like abandon ship? 
figured out how to be, I'll be honest, I figured out, I didn't figure out, I learned. I'm very, I, I like systems. And uh, I went to a mastermind and uh, Alvarez and Durst talked oh, yep, about yep. their, how they did their, David in particular, you know, talked about his follow-up. And I kind of implemented that at some level. I've scaled it back since, but I implemented that. And that got me into a more systematic approach with dealing because I realized I was getting a lot of leads, but I wasn't touching most of them at some level. You know, I mean, they were doing a, the follow-up was coming in, but I wasn't touching them. And so I implemented some of them and I started to see results. Um, and people responding to some of the emails then that I was sending out and um, that turned it around. You know, I just got better at doing follow-up and it really yeah. turned it around. Then I started seeing, um, seeing results. And, you know, I mean, I'm not the best video shooter. I resolved that for next year, I'm going to put out a lot more videos and we'll see what happens to my business. Yeah, I think, year. I think, I think I everyone mean, you can ask Sam about that. I think I frustrate him sometimes, but um, yeah, I think, uh, I think everyone always says that it's like my, you know, my new year's resolution is to film more videos, you know, and that's something that even our successful clients say, right? So even someone like Karen, who's had a success story worthy enough of being interviewed on, you know, the platform marketing show is still saying, I want to film more videos next year. Yeah, so. absolutely. 100%. You know, so over the weekend, I sent I sent my uh, Sam four ads worth of stuff. Awesome. OK, cool. I've got cool. some more. You know, I need to pick it up. I think I mean, I'm really going to see I'll do I'll keep doing my four days a week or so, four or five days a week and I'll probably increase my GCI next year if I just if I just pay attention and do the work with videos. So for for you, a huge part of it was actually making a commitment to attend the mastermind. Because, Absolutely. you know, we we have seen this so often with our platform uh, realtors that are kind of on the cusp of breaking through success. Like they're not necessarily even struggling as much as like, well, I'm doing fine or I'm breaking even or I have some closings, but it's not this like incredible success story like I see with some of these other agents and platform, you know. And then they attend a mastermind and for whatever reason, it just changes everything for them. Cause I think they in person see other agents that are running the same strategy. And for, you know, at some deep emotional level, when you actually meet face to face, some of these people and learn from them, the learning happens at, you know, a more transformational deep level than it does if you do a Zoom call or, you know, you watch an online training from a YouTube video or something. Like there's there's things I have said at Platform Masterminds and some of the talks I've given that people have came up to me afterward and be like, hey, Tim, that talk, I like seriously changed my business. Like I completely see this in a new way now. I'm so glad I'm here. I really think this mastermind is going to change my life. And it's like, it's something I've probably said. 50 times before on zoom calls mm -hmm. with agents yeah but yeah. hearing it in person being in the room with other agents it just hits different right right when you're when you're in a live environment because i i actually know the exact mastermind that you're talking about when uh, david durst and aaron alvarez gave that presentation um and aaron by the way for those listening who don't know him aaron is uh a a, a platform client in like the phoenix arizona area and so they had given a presentation basically just uh on how they follow up with leads, you know, because most agents with platform are getting anywhere between 100 to 300 leads a month. And so like you have to have some sort of system for following up 
with these leads. And they just shared, hey, here's here's what we're doing. Here's what works for us. And that just like changed everything for Karen. I remember that was when, I mean, I think that was uh, March of 2019. Is that right? No, it was before that, I think. It okay, might have been Minneapolis, was, 2018, maybe. Okay, so maybe it was Mar February, March of 2018 then, because I think we've done a couple down there in Florida um, for our uh, platform client masterminds. But Oh, you, you know, know we always, maybe it was Naples. Yeah, yeah we've uh, a mid-year one. Yep, we always we always press really hard to get, you know, the agents to attend masterminds because we see the impact that it makes and obviously we, you know, we're I'm hearing your story now realizing that hey, for you a mastermind made a huge difference and we don't even charge for it. It's not like we're yeah. you know, selling tickets to the masterminds and trying to make money off it. You know, we actually lose a pretty substantial amount of money putting on masterminds because we have to organize this whole event and pay for all the AV rental and room space and, you know, flights for our team and all that stuff and hotels. And we don't have any income from the event. You know, we're not, we're not charging, but we still want everyone to go because I hear stories like this so often where uh, you had already been in the platform actually for whatever it was, 18 months, two years at that point. And mm -hmm. the mastermind was really what was the spark that kind of like got that, got that fire going. So you know, again, in that first year, Karen, I want to circle back to this question. Like, what do you think was the emotional reason that you stuck it out with with platform in that first year when you when you know, like you 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 said that, hey, I wasn't even uh, breaking even. I was like losing money. Like I was not getting enough closings to justify sticking with platform. What what gave you the faith, I guess, that if you stuck it out, that that would actually change? Yeah, you know, it was, uh, I felt it was on me. It wasn't platform. I was getting the leads. I wasn't doing the work, you know. And so um, the whole concept of the high hanging fruit really resonates with me because we, you know, Zillow leads and even Commissions Inc. leads, those are people that are ready to go right now. And there's no relationship building and no sure. cultivating of those people. Because I found over time, you know, folks that come through platform. Um, they already know me before I even meet them, you know? And so it was the whole concept of reaching people before anyone else does really resonated with me. And I knew it wasn't platform that why I was having issues wasn't platform. It was solely rested on me and I needed to do the work. And when somebody showed me what worked for them and I implemented it, I was off and running at that point. You know, I'm, I'm a good learner. I can, I need systems though. And so I put that in place and it, it turned everything around. And so I just knew it was me, not the system. It was better than anything else I tried. And it was, I knew it would work. I mean, leads were coming in like crazy. I just wasn't doing what I needed to do to convert them. So Karen, what do you, what do you typically spend in an average month on the actual Facebook ads? So, I mean, on top of obviously the the platform marketing fee, what is your actual ads budget? On, I have budgets around eight hundred fifty to um, twelve hundred a month, depending on what we're running. Okay, you know, so I would say on average probably eight hundred, eight nine hundred bucks or so ads. Okay, and I th I think that's really interesting to note because a lot of people will you know will start with an ad budget much lower because we tell people early on in the platform program like. You know, you probably only want to start with about six hundred dollars or so in ads because we don't want to overwhelm you with leads. I've just seen that so often, and it sounds like you're one of those people who maybe your first six months you were, 
you know, you had so many leads coming in, it was almost overwhelming. Um, and it, it, you know, kind of freezes you because you're like, oh my gosh, I have so many leads to follow up with. And then it's hard to even get started because you see that pile right. growing and growing every day. And so often I tell people, hey, start with a more reasonable amount, maybe 600 bucks a month in ads. But I think a lot of agents kind of get addicted to that number and they don't want to spend any more than $600 a month in ads. And one thing that I've realized in, in recording these podcast episodes is that very nearly every person who's successful enough and we've seen the growth in their business to basically justify, hey, I should interview you on the podcast. You have a really awesome business growth story, right? Almost all of you guys are spending about $1,000 a month on your ads. Mm -hmm. And so one of the relatively straightforward takeaways that I've seen is like, well, it's not that everyone that I'm interviewing on these podcasts as these like case studies or success stories, it's... It's not that they're necessarily better at follow-up or that they're always filming more videos or that they're just better than you if you don't have these results. A pretty good chunk of their success can be explained by, well, if you're uh, spending 500 bucks a month on ads and they're spending 1,000, they're just getting twice as many you know, leads as you every month, all things being equal. Mm -hmm. So like right there, that makes them 100% more effective because they're simply spending more on, uh, on the ads. And so- right. How do you how do you handle the 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 fear around that? Because I think a lot of people, honestly, like let's just call it what it is, they're afraid of spending more money on on marketing. They're like, nope, nope, I have to stick to this five hundred dollar budget. I can't <laughs> afford any more than that, you know. And I'm like, no, you don't realize it's costing you to stay at that number. You know, please let's spend a thousand for six months and just see what happens in your business versus you know spending like five hundred on ads. So how do you how did how did you originally I guess handle that, handle that fear around, oh man, do I even have the money? Will this work, you know, to, to justify investing a thousand dollars a month on the ads? Cause that's obviously on top of platform and on top of whatever other expenses you have right. in your business. Yeah. You know, I don't know that I ever truly feared spending the money. Um, you know, I was just paying attention to advice from folks like you who know more than I do about marketing. You know, I mean, I've even dropped five hundred dollars on a listing ad because you said, "Well, you know, just put a bunch of money on it and let it fly, and it it works." You know, yep. so you you just see there's a hundred thousand people in this town and probably seventy five thousand possible homeowners. You know, yeah, right. And so there's right. not a lot of people here, but I don't know how saturated I am in the market. But I think my retargeting ad is um, retargeting audience is large and a large percentage of the people in this town. Um, but I've just found that it works and I get the return. So there's no point in being, if you don't invest money, um, then how can you expect to, to grow? You now know, so I know Karen, what, what, what everyone is probably thinking as they're hearing you say that is like, yeah, well, you know, if I was making 275 grand a year, I would spend a thousand dollars a month, but I'm guessing you probably at some point were spending that before yeah. your business oh, yeah. really blew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. So it's 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 really a causation type thing. I think a lot of people are reversing the cause and effect here because they're like they're waiting for their business to be successful before they'll increase their ads budget. And right. I've and and by the way, I've even talked to like really successful platform clients and I won't name names, obviously, but I've talked to platform clients that I'll just say this. 
they're very successful and people in the platform know who they are. Like they're, they're very well known in the platform community. So I won't say their name, but even they were afraid of spending more money because they're like, well, I'll increase my ads budget a lot more if my business grows. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's reverse and cause and effect. You know, you have to increase your ads budget so that your business can grow, you know, like at the end of the day, let's say that you're spending $600 a month on ads, not even 500, but 600. And you think you're hot shit because you're spending $600 a month on ads like that, that, that feels like a lot, right? It's mm -hmm. like, well, going up from 600 to like a thousand is only an extra $400 a month. You're not really spending a thousand because you were already spending 600, right? It's only an additional marginal $400 a month extra. And I like to think in annualized terms because I think when you put things in 12 month terms, it just makes it easier to kind of wrap your mind around and make clearer, uh, less, less emotional decisions, right? So if you, if you, if you annualize that, Hey, I'm going from 600 dollars a month in ad spend to a thousand. It's an extra 400 bucks a month. So 400 times 12 is obviously $4,800 a year. So let's just round up to be generous and I'll call it $5,000. If, if you think increasing your budget by 66%, you know, cause adding an extra 400 on top of the 600 isn't going to get you at least one more closing I would tell you like quit platform right now and probably find a new job entirely. You shouldn't be a real estate agent if you don't think that extra $5,000 a year in ad spend isn't going to get you at least one extra closing, you know, because mm -hmm. that closing to you, like obviously depending on what market you're in and what your price points are and everything, you know, one closing for most people is going to be somewhere like six to $12,000 depending on the market and all that extra money is only $5,000. And I'm I'm saying if you did that, most people could probably expect an extra, I don't know, two, three, four, five, six closings, you know, from that amount of from that amount of money. So when you think in annual terms versus monthly, I think it's easier to be like, oh, okay, well, that's really not that much money. An extra five grand a year. Cause that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of leads, five thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. And that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's the difference, right? Like yeah. in a for 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 whatever reason, when you think about it in monthly terms, it's scary. Like, oh my gosh, going from six hundred dollars a month to a thousand, it seems like a big leap. But it's like, really, is it? No, it's not. It's not that big of a leap. In fact, once you start spending a thousand dollars a month or more, you know, we have people who spend fifteen hundred dollars a month every month on ads. They don't miss it because they just get used to it, and their business grows so much as a result of that that now they have so much more money coming in. They don't even notice that they're spending fifteen hundred a month on ads because often their business grows by ten thousand dollars a month or you know, or more. So I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, "No, I started spending more money on ads, and then my business became successful." Right. You know, like I didn't do that after to like celebrate that I now had a successful business. Oh, cool! Now I'm going to increase my ads budget. It's like no, you were one of those kind of courageous souls who you know, has no problem flying your motorcycle off a cliff and has no problem <laughs> increasing your ads budget to a thousand dollars a month. You know, you just kind of like, Hey, this is what I have to do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And now you're, uh, now you're successful. So Karen, what are, what are some of the actual ads when you look back at, um, you know, how you, how your business has grown in these last, these last four years with platform, but which by the way, is super cool that you're a platform client four and a half years later. Like that's pretty, that's remarkable in the marketing industry or in the real estate industry to stick with a company for four and a half years. I mean, there are, there are really not people 
let's just be honest, who stick with Curator for nearly five years or who stick with Boomtown or Sync or they, you know, stick with any other marketing company for five years. Like that's that's incredible that you've been that successful with us for that long. So as you look back at that, what are some of like the signature ads where you look and you're like, hey, that particular ad or that video kicked butt for me? Yeah, you know, one of my all-time favorites was the Thanksgiving ad we ran last year. You know, okay. it was Kelsey who I work with pretty closely and I um, shot that video and boy, that one just, that really resonated, touched, it really touched hearts, I think. It was really good. It thanked businesses here in town and um, it just did really well. You know, I really, yep. so we really for for uh, for uh, those listening who don't know what which a video she's referencing, we wrote a video script for our platform clients that it was it was for Thanksgiving. You know, so kind of the kind of the narrative of the video was thanking local small businesses because you, if it's a coffee shop, thank you for having such amazing hot chocolate, or if it's a local pizza place, thank you for having such amazing pizza. You know, and then we feature kind of a string of locally owned small businesses in this video. And I think it ends with kind of the punchline is like, hey, they've always been there for us. Let's be there for them this year. You know, try to support local, shop local. And that's a that's a pretty constant theme in platform videos for for those who haven't noticed is that we always try to feature local businesses when we can, because part of building your brand over the long term isn't just that, hey, you're an expert realtor. We want people to realize that, yeah, of course, they know real estate. They know how to buy and sell homes, but they also are an expert on the community in general, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was a cool one because it was right smack in COVID, you know? So yeah, yep, businesses yep. were struggling, so it, just reaching out and highlighting them a little bit, you know, I don't know if I made a difference in their business, but, it, it, you know, it was the right thing to do, you know, right? And they were struggling, there's no question about it. So it was a perfect video for them. And then more recently, you know, we ran that sandwich one, <laughs> the sandwich ad what's your favorite sandwich here in town oh okay yep, and that's yep, yep. probably my number one um engagement ad oh that's funny really okay so years. this is this is a you photo know, ad right i don't get i'm sorry about that the, the, uh this was a photo ad right or was yeah. this a video yeah and i've and it's still getting engagement you know and it's been running for a couple months now and it just gets a lot. I don't get a lot of engagement. I'll be honest, but that one it just took off, and and I, I think lots of engagement. That's on that. that's 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 really important to point out that I've I've had a lot of people um, message us recently, or they share this with their account manager platform that like, hey, you know, I'm getting a lot of leads, or maybe I'm getting a lot of clicks, but like my ads don't get a lot of engagement, and I I, I hear other people say, oh, they're getting all these comments or shares or likes or all this engagement. Is there something wrong? with my page or is, is, is uh, there something wrong with how I'm doing these ads because I'm not getting engagement. So I think it's really important to emphasize what you just said there is that historically, when you look at your ads, they really don't get a lot of engagement. You're no, not getting tons of, you're not getting tons of comments or shares or whatever. And that's fine because your business has still over the years quadrupled, you know, so there absolutely are times where you will be one of those platform agents who's in a market where for whatever reason, people in your area don't like to comment on stuff. So you might have a video that gets 10,000 views or 20,000 views and there's not a lot of comments, yep. right? And someone else in some other market might have the same amount of video views on basically the same video script 
in their area and it's whatever hundreds or thousand miles away and they have 50 comments on it and they're like wow look at all the engagement i got and you're left there thinking well why am you know why aren't i getting all that engagement and so i'm here to tell you at the end of the day it really doesn't matter how many people are commenting on your stuff what matters is in in the analytics behind the scenes which we're tracking for you obviously how many people actually watched the video or how many people clicked on it because there's there's plenty of people who will watch something on Facebook or click or they'll read the post, but they don't want to leave any evidence, right? Like they're not going to leave a comment because they don't want people to know that they're engaging with you. And honestly, my, uh, my mom is an example of that I, I, uh, I uh, use her as an example all the time of she's someone who uses Facebook probably an hour or two a day. You know, she often gets home from work and she'll check Facebook at night. And I know this because every time I'm home, she has her laptop or her phone with her and she's just kind of seeing what's happening, but she never likes, never comments on anything. She basically leaves no evidence that she's a Facebook user because she doesn't want people to think that, oh, she's on Facebook all day or something. Right. Right. And that just that describes a lot of people. There's a lot of people who will watch videos. They will click or they'll read your posts, but they're not going to leave a comment necessarily. And so don't let that discourage you if you're not getting a ton of engagement on your post because look at Karen, Karen, like historically you've said, like you probably get less engagement than 95% of platform realtors on your posts. Like your stuff doesn't get a lot of comments for whatever reason. It just doesn't No, but the proof is in the pudding. I mean, look at your business. Your business is quadrupled and you know, that's, that's what matters. Yeah. You know, I've had people recognize me here and there, you know, Oh, you look familiar. And then they realize who it is, but you know, I had another client come in this weekend. That was a platform client from Tennessee and they happened to be in town. Oh, okay, um, their cool. son goes to school here and they decided they wanted to buy him a condo in town. And uh, so I sold him a condo, but he follows my stuff. And he was here this weekend because eventually, probably in the next couple of years, they're going to sell their place in Tennessee and they're going to come here and spend between $600 million. Oh, wow. Okay. And they came in, we went and had coffee and chit chatted. And yeah, they're a couple of years out. I mean, they're high-hanging fruit right sure, uh, sure but he makes comments yeah you know i've mentioned my videos you know he commented regarding my videos that they enjoy watching so, so yeah from you, california i picked up through platform sold them house and same thing there were still what she commented recently i stay in touch with a lot of these past clients and the same thing she's enjoying my videos you know so yeah like you you know people are seeing them. you know people yeah. are seeing them because they'll actually tell you that so uh, Karen, as we as we wrap this up, I want to ask you one final question. What would your advice be to someone who recently signed up for a platform or maybe they didn't recently sign up? Maybe they're like three months in and they're just struggling right now. Maybe they are straight up frustrated that they don't have the results they thought they would had. You know, they're they they think they're doing what they're supposed to do. Maybe they're filming videos, they have leads coming in, but it's, they're, they're just not getting closings yet or they're not getting appointments yet. And they feel frustrated because they see these success stories and it's not them yet. Like, what would you tell someone? Because you have four and a half years of sample size of platform now. So you have a pretty significant perspective that they don't have. Right. What would you, what would you tell them to someone who's recently signed up for platform just to, uh, just to encourage them? Like, what... What what final thoughts do you want to leave for them? Yeah, you know, I think um, it's going to work for you. You absolutely need to follow the advice of what your account manager is telling you to do. Um, 
you need to do that, but you also need to do the work. You know, the phone's not going to ring. And I think it's critically important to stay with the leads that you get and at least touch, try to touch them at some point in time, whether it's through phone calls or emails, because they will convert folks if they realize suddenly you're not a bot responding. That's what worked for me. Um, right, I right. stuck with it. I can definitely do, and I've been successful with it. I can do a much better job with my ads and my videos um, than I do, to be perfectly honest. So um, if you're doing the, what your ad manager is telling you, then then just work it. Treat it like a business. Get up. I do it early in the morning. Get it done. Move on. Do what else I need to do for the day. But um, follow up with these folks. It will work. I mean, whenever I get a call from somebody who's thinking about platform, you know, I'm happy to talk to folks because it, it honestly does work. And I've been down the road with others, Zillow and Commissions Inc. and others. Nothing works like this in my mind. So trust the system. Pay attention to what Tim tells you and what your account manager tells you. And it will work. That's awesome. Well, you know, obviously anyone's business can improve. There's things that I'm sure you can work on that you mentioned that you want to do better next year. But at, at the end of the day, you've got a pretty cool thing going where, you know, many weeks you're working four days a week. You get to ride your motorcycle across the country. And somehow in retirement, you figured out a way to quadruple your income. So that's a that's a that's a pretty cool story. And I'm hoping that plenty of people in the platform after listening to this podcast episode get to know Karen Bataille a little bit. Um, and and your story because I think it's a, a story a story worth sharing. So Karen, thanks, Tim. Thank you for joining us on the podcast, and hopefully I'll see you in a couple weeks in Naples for the mastermind. I'll be there with bells on. In fact, I'm stretching it out and making it a vacation. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Tax yep. tax deductible vacation. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep. Tim.